The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Good morning and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr. Thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable Channel 1519 in Los Angeles. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503, in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for 98 years and our prayer the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lightbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William Monsignor, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes, and should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The comforting words of this song describes the home of our Savior as we prayed for His bride who chose to follow His footprints. Where there is no more tears, no sorrow, and where sin cannot enter in, 
Listen as our church choir and the leadership of Emilia Han sing this thought-provoking song entitled Don't You Want to Go? Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano, Rose Bakukar on the organ. Please join in singing as the words appear on your screen. The men and women of our church band under my direction play this inspirational tune entitled Walking with My Lord. What a glorious day will be, viewers, when we are walking alongside our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in our home in paradise.
our solace this morning, Emilia Hahn, will offer praise and thanksgiving unto our Lord in this beautiful song entitled, Someone to Care. Accompanying her will be trustee associate pastor, Evans Pro Senior, Mason Sano Senior on the guitars, Iris Locke on the drums, and myself on the piano. When the world seems cold and your friends seem few, there is someone who cares for you. When you've tears in your eyes, your heart beats inside, there is someone who cares. troubles like no other can do. He'll come down from the skies and brush the tears from your eyes. You're his child and he cares for you. When your disappointments come, someone who cares for you when you need a friend a friend to the end there is someone who's a friend to troubles like no other can do. He'll come down from the skies and brush the tears from your eyes. You're his child and he cares for you. troubles like no other can do. He'll come down from the skies and brush the tears from your eyes. You're his child and he cares for you. You're his child The next song chosen by our church choir can't be a more perfect statement to say about the love of our God as for the people of this world. He sacrificed His only begotten Son, Jesus, for our sins that we might be saved. Listen as our choir delights us in this song entitled, Precious in His Sight. 
This morning we have a flute ensemble combining their God-given talents to play this tune entitled, Jesus is Coming Soon. And he's coming sooner than many think. Are you ready to hear the call come up hither? Now is the accepted hour. We must prepare ourselves by being blood-washed, water-washed, spirit-filled, and living the life. This special phone has no operators, no busy signals, no automated calling system, nothing that prevents you from speaking directly to the Lord. 
It is a direct line to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, as you will hear the men crusaders sing in this uplifting song entitled, The Royal Telephone. Accompanying our guru on the piano will be Iris Locke. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this wonderful song to Mrs. Ada Hashimoto of Hawaii Branch Church. May Jesus continue to smile down upon you and shower you with blessings pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday, Ada. Satan's crossed your wire by some slow delusion or some haste desire. Take away obstructions, God is on the throne, and you'll get an answer through this royal telephone. Telephone to glory, oh, a joy divine.
Shalom and good morning. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. These telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZZ0 channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer service are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tin Law in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. True spiritual worship should be a joyous, happy, and lively occasion. Thus, these telecasts are brought to you each week with that purpose in mind. If you also need spiritual strength and uplifting, then I pray God's Word and my sermon entitled, Everybody Ought to Know Jesus, will fulfill that need. Men have been born into this world and gained worldwide fame. The world knows about Caesar, Napoleon, Alexander the Great. They know Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. They know of George Washington, Jefferson, and Lincoln. But no man in this world has ever been more widely known as Jesus Christ. 
Read in Matthew 4, 23 to 24. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had a palsy, and he healed them. He was born in the little town of Bethlehem. He was raised up in a carpenter's home in Galilee. He never traveled more than 100 miles from home. He never rode in an automobile or appeared on TV telecasts. Yet, God has made his name the most famous name of all ages. It is a fact that he has given him a name above every name, as you read in Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. The bowing of knees has not yet come to pass, but it will surely happen when Jesus comes again to rule and reign on this earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Today, we find that people of every color, nationality, and creed have never acknowledged him as the Son of God, nor trusted him as their Savior, Master, and Lord. We find in the Word of God that he was the centerpiece of conversation among his relatives, Pharisees, and people of all walks of life. Of course, not all of the talk was complimentary, but at least he commanded their attention. He couldn't be ignored or pushed aside. Many say, I don't need Jesus. Oh yeah, a great surprise is awaiting many men. They leave Jesus out of their lives, but one day soon, they must face Jesus at the judgment bar. They will find Jesus waiting for them at a great white throne before which unbelievers will appear. All true born-again Christians will appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. We find Jesus walked in Galilee and would not walk in Jewish country because the Jews wanted to kill him. Today that seems very strange to us, doesn't it? Here is one who could do for them all that they needed or desired, yet they wanted to kill him. He was the truth, the life, and resurrection. He was the truth of God to them, but they rejected and crucified him. The many who did not want to hear the truth sought to kill the man Christ Jesus, who brought it. Now, the Jews' feast of tabernacle was at hand. This was the grand harvest festival of the year, the time when the people gathered to thank God for their material blessings. It was the most joyous feast of the year, which lasted eight days. In order to understand the meaning of this feast, we must go into the Old Testament and review Jewish history. When the children of Israel left Egypt after years of bondage and slavery, it took them 40 years to reach the Promised Land. During that time, they lived in tents or tabernacles. When they were settled in the Promised Land, God told them that once each year they should leave their homes and live for seven days in the tabernacles. This was 
to remind them of how they had lived during their journey to the Promised Land. On the eighth day, they were to leave their tabernacles and return to their homes. Thus, they commemorated the way in which God delivered them out of the wilderness and settled them in the Promised Land. Multitudes of people gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the feast as they had done for a number of years. Now, the relatives of Jesus had something to say to him. As you read in John 7, 3 to 5, his brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence, and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe in him. And isn't that the fact today? What they were actually saying was, it makes no sense for you to waste time on little villages and countryside. Go to the big city. Let them see what you can do. Consequently, your fame will be spread, and great honors will come to you. Of course, deep down in their heart, they wanted this to happen as relatives because then they would share in the glory, honor, and rewards. This is a natural thing, and it often happens today. These people did not believe in Christ as the Son of God, even though they were related to Jesus. They saw things only from a material standpoint. We find many people like them today. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6:33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Thus we find many people miss the boat by looking only at the material things. What answer did Jesus give his kinfolk? Read in John 7, 6. My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. In effect, he was saying, it is all right for you to show yourself before the world and to court its smiles, but my time hasn't come. He was waiting for the time when he would be lifted up on the cross. Then he would draw all men unto himself. What he told his brothers is in John 7, 7. The world cannot hate you. But me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. With all of this, they were still unconverted. Someone came to me one day and said, I would like to become a true born-again believer. But I'm running around with a worldly crowd. If you become a born-again Christian, what would I do with them? I answered, you wouldn't have to do anything about them. They will soon desert you if you accept the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Let's read Luke 6, 23. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. Yes, the world hated Jesus because he testified that their works were evil. If you praise a man, complimenting that he is fine and wonderful, he will be your friend for life. But tell him that he is a sinner and he will hate you for it. Today, many prefer a watered-down gospel and have itching ears as you read in 2 Timothy 4, 3-4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away the ears from the truth, 
and shall be turned unto fables. Itching ears means ears that are tired of hearing the truth. Their owners long for new teachings that will make their ears tingle, even if they are false. Later on, we see Jesus going to the feast in secret, as you read in John 7:10. But when his brethren were gone up, then when he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as, as it were in secret. He didn't want to go with his kinfolk because they hoped to make a spectacle of him. His intent on going was because he was the son of God. In the Old Testament, all males were commanded to go to the feast. Jesus attended the feast in obedience to this command. When he arrived in Jerusalem, he found that he was the subject of conversation. The people were saying, where is he? Some of the people were saying, he is a wonderful man. And others were saying, he is an imposter. Read in John 7, 13, how be it no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Some of the people believed in him, but they were afraid of the persecution, so they didn't speak out. Oh, the tragedy that so many people are ashamed of Jesus. Listen to Mark 8, 38. Whosoever there shall be ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. The question is, are you ashamed to accept Jesus because you might be persecuted and be mocked and scoffed at? Paul tells us in Romans 1, 16 to 17, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God and by faith to faith. God uses the faith way instead of the works way. He gives his righteousness only to those who have faith, and only they can have it shown to them. Faith in the cases of salvation and righteousness is distrusting self and trusting another, in this case, God. It is believing that what he says is true before we see that it is. What does salvation mean? When we refer to the dictionary, we find this definition, a saving or being saved, preservation from destruction, rescue. A man who is drowning is pulled to safety. He has experienced a type of salvation. A businessman about to lose everything is rescued through friends' assistance, and the business is saved. This is another type of salvation. However, the salvation which coming from the Lord offers to the sinners his life, that they might have life. Mankind who is destined to hell and eternal punishment is saved through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, but few men will recognize and believe in him. However, Cornelius, an Italian of the book of, in the book of Acts, chapter 10, felt emptiness within. He knew there was something to the God of the Jews. His fear of the Lord caused him to live a just life acceptable to God, and he prayed fervently. Suddenly, the Lord began to feel his emptiness, as we read in Acts 10, 3-4. He saw in a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming into him, and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he had looked on him, he was afraid, and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. 
Isn't it wonderful to know that as we reach up to him in prayer, he will reach down to us and render an answer. Yes, God answered the prayers of Cornelius. God also prepared Peter, who was now filled with the Holy Ghost, to preach unto the house of Cornelius things that were commanded of God. What were these things, you might ask? Among the most important was none other than the gospel of the kingdom of God. Peter's first words amidst an inquiring multitude is listed in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Cornelius, hearing these words, believed and became the first fruits of the Gentile world. John the Beloved writes in John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Cornelius found relief as he listened to the word of God. Finally, we read in Acts 4, 12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Did not Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Now put yourself in the shoes of Cornelius, a God-fearing man, diligent in prayer and worship, and yet possessing a longing soul. The same rejoiced at the arrival of Peter, and as a result of their coming together, a miracle happened in their lives. As Peter spoke the word of the Lord, they were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues, and magnified God. The Jews marveled at this event because the power of God not only rested on the Jews, but upon the Gentiles as well. And new revelations was given to Peter regarding God's plan of salvation through this experience. Peter commanded them to be baptized. We read in Acts 10, 47, 48, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then pray they him to tarry certain days. Yes, without the name of Jesus, in water baptism, one has not yet fulfilled all righteousness and is not saved. Like into Cornelius, I encourage every one of you in my viewing audience to follow the heaven-sent message to salvation. We see that baptism is essential to salvation. As Jesus tells us in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth, and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So choose you this day whom you will serve, God or the devil. The choice is yours. Remember, as Peter tells us in Acts 10, 34 to 35, then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I receive that God is no respect of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And in the 43rd verse, to him, that is Jesus, give all the prophets witness that through his name, that is Jesus, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Yes, God is calling a people out of a people to form his one true church. You know, you could be one of them. This gracious invitation by the Lord Jesus extended to you and to your families and to the needy and sin burden of every nationality, creed, and color. Now let's refocus upon our message. We find that Jesus quietly entered Jerusalem and walked around without being noticed. 
Then came the day when he went into the temple, picked up the sacred scroll, and began to teach. Reading John 7:16, Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. He also said in Luke 4, 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus realized the religious leaders were intent on putting him to death. The Jews listened and marveled. Here was a man who had never been to college or theological school, yet he spoke with great wisdom and knowledge of the scriptures and with great power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. The Jews made some nasty remarks and Jesus answered by saying, the word that I am relating to you didn't come from books or men of knowledge, but from God. Jesus continued in John 7, 17, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. The same principle applies today. If you do the will of God and try to please him in all things, you will learn more and more of him and his word. The Jews had great reverence for the law of Moses. So Jesus said in verse 19, did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? The people answered, thou hast a devil. Nobody wants to kill you. Jesus answered, you profess to keep the law of Moses, yet you are ready to break the sixth commandment. Thou shalt not kill. Next he reproached his critics, according to the law of Moses, you circumcise a child on the Sabbath day, if he then is eight days old. Yet you become angry at me for making man every withhold on the Sabbath day. It is no different today. Mankind has always been inconsistent. People can see something wrong with others, but not with themselves. Jesus told them, as you read verse 24, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. He continued, as you read in Matthew 7, 1 to 5, judge not that he be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye met, ye shall be measured unto you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye? And behold, a beam is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. We are usually too critical and harsh in our judgment of others without understanding the circumstances. Now listen to the confused conversation of the people. Some of them said, as you read in John 7, 27, how be it we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is, in other words, the people contended, he's one of us, and we know him. He is not the Messiah. They expected the Messiah to come in great pomp and circumstance and glory, and not as a poor Galilean. Then the people said, look at all that this man had done. Will the Messiah do more when he comes? With all these divided opinions, the Jews tried to lay hold of Jesus only to kill him. But something held him back. It must have been the hand of God. His work was not yet finished. It wasn't yet time for him to die. When he hangs on the cross, he will cry out, it is finished. 
God has a job for you and me. One day soon, we will come to the end of the way. We will see able to say, is it finished? Or are we wasting our time and energy upon the things of the world? Now we find the Pharisees were encouraged. Up to this time, they had been afraid to take Jesus because of his popularity with the people. Now that the people were expressing some doubt about him, they became bolder. They sent authorities to arrest Jesus, but when they arrived, they were afraid to touch him. Listen to what Jesus was saying in John 7, 37, 38. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Here he was speaking of the spirit upon which they that believe on him would receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The word come is very prominent in God's word. He constantly tells and reminds us to come unto him. The shade tree says, come unto me and find shade. The table laden with food says, come unto me and eat. Thus Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. <clears throat> Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to the fountain, and you will be washed as white as snow. And from you, blessings will flow to others. If you would like to know more about God's word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Blehan Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. Our church band will close this program with a song entitled, Everlasting Life is Free.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.